You're listening to Watching Friends on the Greenlit Podcast Network. To find more great shows like this one, visit greenlitpodcast.com. Hi there, I'm Mark, and you're the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. I'm Ryan, and I'm going home with a note. And we're back with Watching Friends, uh, episode 10, The One with the Monkey. This is going to be an interesting one, because we've had a few revelations at the Friends reunion. We have, to be fair. Uh, Marcel is not as warmly remembered as the rest of us would remember. Now, I don't know, I'm just going to get into this with, the, with Marcel the Monkey. This was weird even for the time. Like, uh, like the 80s and 90s were all about having episodes which were just odd, such as bringing in, you know, a long-lost cousin or an animal or whatever, or even like a green alien for the, the Flintstones. Yeah. Um, this was still weird, though. Like, for the first series, Friends just getting going, they're like, let's have a monkey introduce. I was fine with it. It's a monkey. <laughs> Add monkeys to things, it gets better. See, I, th- I think for the, the story, it, it sort of makes sense. But as a new series, it's a bit out there. It is a bit out there. But everyone loves monkeys. There's an old, oh, I can't remember who said it now. There's an old comic book artist who said there was like a formula to the perfect comic book cover. One of which involved the colour purple and having a monkey on it. Okay. Um, so maybe it just works with TV shows too. Like, add a monkey, it's better. <laughs> Even if it's weird, it doesn't need to make sense. Just add a monkey. Maybe. I, I mean, Marcel's pretty great. Um, but I guess we should, before we actually start this episode, if you're new to this, uh, basically we go through every single episode of Friends and we discuss it and put in clips and facts and all sorts of things here. Basically, just going through the show chronological order. So do check out our past episodes because we're still fairly new at episode 10, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's. it's... It's going well. I'm enjoying myself. I've had a great time. We're getting to watch Friends and talk about it. What's not to like? <laughs> no, no, exactly. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we should uh, we should get started with this episode. Uh, Ross enters with a monkey called Marcel. Uh, so let's hear the first clip. Guys, there's uh, somebody I'd like you to meet. What is that? That would be Marcel. You want to say hi? No, no, I don't. Oh, he is precious. Where did you get him? My friend Bethel rescued him from some lab. That is so cruel. Why? Why would a parent name their child Bethel? (laughs) Hey, that monkey's got a Ross on his ass. (laughs) Ross, is he going to live with you, like, in your apartment? Yeah. I mean... It's been kind of quiet since Carol left, so... Why don't you just get a roommate? Uh, I don't know. I think you reach a certain age, having a roommate is just kind of pathet... Uh, sorry, that's, that's pathet, which is Sanskrit for really cool way to live. Okay, we need to break this down because there's, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, for me, you know, the, the misdirection from Phoebe. Yes, classic. It, well, it's great because by this point, you, you know the characters. So you know that Phoebe's kind of like the hippie, dippy, yeah. like moral person of the group who would be completely against animal testing. So that's where you're completely expecting the joke to go. Yeah. And it's just perfect comedy. Just It's, it's true. Who would call their child Bethel? It, I mean, it's an awful name, to be fair. <laughs> it is. And then, you know, there's a. Uh, there's a Ross on his ass. I really like that. <laughs> See, I, I don't like that joke. I feel <laughs> no. like it was almost like Chandler heard Phoebe make a joke, even though it's technically not a joke. It's a, you know, 
the, the characters, I suppose. And then Chuck's in a joke. To me, it was one joke, two crafted and the one, so it kind of clipped Phoebe's joke for me. Well, for me, the, the worst thing is the dark undercurrent, which is basically Ross has replaced Carol with a monkey. I mean, why not? There's less chance of, you know, Marcel breaking his heart. Is there? Is there? Well, I, th- I, I guess, think yeah. we find out. Well, we'll see. <laughs> I suppose you'd assume there would be. I get it. I mean, I've, I've had pets. I've lived by myself before, and, and pets are a nice comfort. Um, so, yeah, I, I totally get it. I don't think he's replaced Carol in the same way. Otherwise, we've got a very dark <laughs> yes, friends. We do. We do. <laughs> Maybe that's why him and Marcel did not get <laughs> did on. Not. <laughs> but, uh, no, it makes sense to me. People like pets for companionship. And I do like the joke about how having a roommate is a bit pathetic at their age. It is. I mean, it's, it's a weird one because... Obviously, roommates aren't such a huge thing in the UK, especially at that age. Like, by the time you are in your 30s in the UK, you're kind of expected to live by yourself. And if you don't, you probably still live at home. Um, I don't know many friendship groups that share apartments or houses. No, I would, I, no, I would always say, do not rent with friends. You find out the worst about I mean, as you know, we see throughout the series here, how you know, neurotic and weird they can be. Yeah, I mean, it, it's always nice to see your friends, but when you happen to, like, you know, walk tiptoe through the bathroom because they left their toenails on the floor, <laughs> I, I would imagine it would get, like, really old really quickly. I feel like you're you're talking from experience here. I mean, that's just ex-girlfriends. <laughs> just, I'm, I'm, I'm not a messy person. I'm an untidy person. So if you, if you come into my house or apartment or flat, wherever I live at the time, it will be clean. There'll just be stacks of stuff. So you're going to one room and, oh, look, there's a pile of comic books from Ryan and finished reading. And the next room's full of Warhammer paints. And the next room... So there's <laughs> stuff all over the place, but it's clean. Um, whereas some people have been less tidy than me. And even when, you know, I've been deeply in love with that person, it's been like, oh, my God, just move the hair grips. Yeah, well, just being around anyone for, you know, 24-7 is draining. Yeah. But uh, for, like, Chandler, he's always said, like, he wanted a roommate just because, like, why not? Like, he's by himself... He's got. He can afford it by himself, but why not have someone take on the extra room and you know be companionship as well? I guess. I guess. I mean, it'd be weird to not imagine Chandler and Joey at this point. So I guess I'm not questioning it too much. But and then and then Joey, it makes a lot of sense because he didn't have enough money to afford anywhere. No, he can't even afford a fridge. <laughs> no. no <exactly. laughs> uh, so you know, it's 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 a it's a a big dig. Of those two, but you know, I, I get it. Ross always comes across as the more mature, I guess, because you know he got married early. He's got a baby on the way. Yeah, he's got the arguably the best job, or at least the most secure job out of the entire group. Yeah, it, it almost feels like he's, he's the most mature. Of like, you know, I do this. Like, yeah, Chana works in an office, but at this point in time, it could be any random office job. We don't know exactly what he does. Yeah, you don't. You are never really given a proper sense. In fact, you're probably given conflicting senses of how high up the. The office Chandler is. Yeah. Um, the first few times you see him, he's in like a small cubicle smoking into a drawer. <laughs> yeah. And then at one point, he's got a huge office. Yep. And it's just like, did Friends just get a higher sets budget? Or are we supposed to think that Chandler's been promoted? Yeah, because we, we have no idea what he is. He's a uh, transponder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, we then head to Central Perk, and Phoebe has 12 new songs about her mother's suicide. Hey, Joey. Hey, Joey. Hey, hey, hey buddy. Hey, Joe. So, how'd it go? Uh, I didn't get the job. Oh. How could you not get it? You were Santa last year. I don't know. Some fat guy sleeping with the store manager. He's not even jolly. It's all political. So what are you going to be? I'm going to be one of his helpers. No, I didn't play the wrong clip there. Uh, we're going to get to the songs in a bit. Because Joey had... Important information about how he didn't get the job of being Santa. I mean, it's crucial because we've all been in that situation where office politics have got involved. 
and you've you know you've not got the job you wanted for, or someone's getting preferential treatment because they're putting out. We've all been there. We all you know we've all felt Joey's pain. It may not be Santa related, but we've all been there. At the same time, you know, he's not a Santa anyway. You know, he's a slim, attractive guy. Like that's not Santa. I mean, I suppose people would be a lot happier if Joey came down their chimney once a year. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you're great instead of getting a present, you get a how you doing, and then <laughs> be much happier Christmas. Well, we, we have seen that when he uh, undresses very quickly in front of Monica yes. before. I mean, I'd be happy if Matt LeBlanc came down my chimney. I'd be like, yes, let's talk about stuff and just chat. I mean, I don't know if I get a how you doing. I'd like to think I would, but if not, I'd just have a chat with Matt LeBlanc, make him a cup of tea, talk about Top Gear, whatever. I guess your concern is when he goes back up your chimney. I mean, I'll probably let him leave for the front door. <laughs> yeah. If he's gone for the effort of breaking in at Christmas, I'm probably going to let him use the door. Uh, you know, and Rachel is upset. You know, everyone is talking about New Year's. Everyone else is desperately single. Uh, Chandler makes a pact about having no dates. You know, I think he's a, a nice way to do it. It's funny to me that they have to make a pact to see it as most of our friendship groups. That wouldn't be needed. It would just be the assumption that <laughs> yeah. we weren't going to have dates on New Year. Um, but yeah, pacts are a weird thing. We don't we don't do pacts very often in the UK, I don't think. We do bets. I guess um, so, yeah. Bets are definitely more the thing. But, I mean, we'd probably break a pact, to be fair, let's face it, if none of us are going to agree to not date someone at New Year's just so everyone else doesn't feel mad. No, you're, you're not going to turn around and be like, look, you're absolutely beautiful. We've had a lot of fun, but my friends are desperately single, and I can't show them up. Like, yeah, I mean, no, you're going to be the first one out there, aren't you, with your your date? I'm still not over Chandler not asking Jill Goodacre out. So, <laughs> like, if, he, if he passes up another date just for New Year, I'll be very upset. Uh, but yeah, Phoebe uh, is going to sing a song. It sounds like it's going to be about Santa, but it's not quite. Thanks. Hi. Um, I want to start with a song that means a lot to me this time of year. I made a man with eyes of coal and a smile so bewitching. How was I supposed to know that my mom was dead in the kitchen? <laughs> la, 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 la. My mother's ashes, even her eyelashes, are resting in a little yellow jar. It's such a sweet song at the start. <laughs> it honestly never fails to crack me up. I just love it. <laughs> like my mum was dead. It's so funny. It shouldn't be funny, but it's brilliant. Yep. It's absolutely great. But yeah, why did why did no one stop her? At this point, it's CB. I feel like if you go to Central Park and that blonde girl is at the microphone, you'd, you'd be like, no, wait, this is a thing. Like, almost like it's meta at that point. You'd need to sit and just hear what Phoebe's going to sing about. You think there's so many regulars there? Yeah, I'm like, if, I, if we were walking past Central Park and you'd probably seen... So for instance, say we were there that night and we'd heard the song about mum being dead in the kitchen. Yeah. If a week later we'd walk past Central Park and that blonde girl's in that chair again, you know we're going in. So <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, I feel like Phoebe has like, this little cult following of Central Park patrons. Because there's a lot of people out there that don't realise Central Park is actually underneath their apartment. So when you see that outside shot, there is a, you know, a... a, a well, there's a, a cafe or something underneath they don't you don't ever really see what it is no and it's just these these like red awnings and red windows uh but that is meant to be central park so that's why they're always there that was it, yeah uh i don't know what it is now but it, i i believe it has been cafes and other things in the past like you can go there and go inside but yeah why it's not a central park central park themed place now i have no idea 
Copyright probably, I imagine. Someone's thought about it. Just got no I mean, every Friends fan who goes to New York goes to that building. No, I've been twice and I've never been. You've never been. Next you, time. Next you, time. Yeah. Again, <laughs> why are you on this podcast? <laughs> I mean, whenever I go to New York slash New Jersey, I'm always about hockey. So it's, you know, I'm always like, let's go hockey. And I haven't got time to head to Midtown to look for a building. Uh, we then have like two guys talking loudly in the background. So clearly they're a bit more than just extras there. Uh, and then Phoebe calls them out like a teacher. She does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wanted to know exactly what they've said. And I'm sure a few of us have had this at school where, you know, you've been talking and the teacher wants to know and you do not want the teacher to know what you're talking about. Happened all the time. Sometimes I didn't mind. I remember in school once, um, probably been like, yeah, four or five. Um, me and my friend Tony were chatting and the lesson was about dinosaurs and being a huge dinosaur nerd. Tony and I were having a conversation about our favourite dinosaurs. And I think the teacher was called Miss James. And she was like, do you, do you want to tell the whole class what you're talking about? And we're like, oh, we're talking about dinosaurs? And she's like, oh, I'm talking about dinosaurs. And we're like, yeah, but we already know what you're telling us. So we were talking about different dinosaurs. And that wasn't us being cocky. We just we just knew lots about yeah. dinosaurs. And she's like, well, do you two want to come up here and teach the class? So me and Tony went... All right, <laughs> so then we got up and started talking about dinosaurs before getting kicked out of the class about 30 seconds later. Um, again, don't know why the teacher was upset. She asked if I wanted to teach the class about dinosaurs. I said yes. That's the risky thing for teachers to do. Like, do you want to tell the whole class that what you're talking about? Never ask that of like 14 year olds because yeah. the answer you're going to get back is not going to be what you want to hear. That was when I was, what, eight as a dinosaur nerd, innocent child. If you'd have <laughs> asked me that when I was 15 in secondary school, I'd be like, no, no I don't, we don't need to discuss what I'm talking about. I'll apologize. You've shamed me into submission. Carry on. Uh, David then stands up and says that she's the most beautiful woman he's ever seen. So let's talk about David. I like his ramble. I like that, like to get to the to get to the compliment. Essentially, there's a big old ramble about all sorts of irrelevant information to get to the compliment. So it seems like he's digging himself a hole, but then at the last moment lifts himself out of it um, by saying that Phoebe's beautiful. Well, I want to talk about the actor. <laughs> so, so, so Hank Azaria. Yeah, you might have heard that name before. So he's done loads of voices on The Simpsons. Uh, he's done tons of films and all sorts of things. Like, he, he, he really can change how he looks. So, like, as David, you're like, yes, that is, like, how that person talks and reacts and everything. It's like, no, no, he's actually, he's quite suave. I know in the Simpsons table readings, he's normally wearing, like, a suit and tie and everything. Oh, really? Yeah, he's, he's like, like, dressed very smartly. See, I can't remember. There's a movie called The Birdcage that's a Robin William and Nathan Lane movie. And I can't remember the character's name. Um, I was going to do a little bit, but I won't. Um, but he's in that he plays a really camp like butler slash housemate right. and he's always in like a vest top and like hot pants and it's just ridiculously camp so that's whenever I see his face whenever David's on screen that's where my mind goes right, okay. because of how like strikingly <laughs> I guess you'd probably say inappropriate it would be in 2021 but yeah. in what the 80s it was a perfectly fine way to depict a flamboyant homosexual um, but yeah that's, that's how I picture him so you telling me that that table reads of the Simpsons is in a suit. And I'm like, where's the hot pants? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think if you saw him in the street, you you would not recognise him because he seems to be a bit of a chameleon. Like he can he can become any character he wants, change his voice, change how he acts. Yeah, I feel like when you're watching a movie, you you recognise him, and you, there's a brief moment of recognition where you're like, oh, this is you. But then he just becomes the role he's in. Yeah. Um. I mean, the, the amount of voices he does in the Simpsons is just it's a lot. It's insane. He was also up for the role of Chandler at one point. See, I people talk about recasting the characters quite a lot. And who would you cast? And for the most part, I would normally say I wouldn't recast anyone. But that would work. If you cast yes. him as Chandler, I, 
I'm not going to say it would be better because we'll get destroyed, but, but I kind of feel like it may have been better. He, he's a funny guy. He can, like you say, like just put himself into any role. He could have done a very good job with Chandler, definitely. I don't know if his kind of sarcastic tone would have been quite as sharp as Matthew Perry's, so maybe it's a good thing the casting never happened. I think he would have been he's sort of naturally more comedic, so it would have been delivered with more comedy. Yeah, perhaps, then, yeah. Because a lot of Chandler's sarcasm is just cutting. Even when it's hilarious, it's still very, very cut. And I think that's why he didn't get chosen in the end, because they, they didn't want someone who was ha-ha funny. They wanted someone very dry mm-hmm. to, to deliver it, which you know, yeah. Matthew Perry does Very well. Matthew Perry, yeah. Yep. Uh, we're then at Monica's, where they're doing the Christmas tree. Mark, we've missed a joke. Did we miss a joke? We missed my, my favourite joke of the episode, oh, to be fair. Oh, put it in. <laughs> so, so when Phoebe first basically shusses... David and his friend, whose name escapes me, um, Chandler turns to Joey and says, that guy's going home with a note. And we all chuckle because, you know, he's in trouble with the teacher. And then when he tells Phoebe she's beautiful, and then she says, we're taking a quick break and runs over to chat to him. Joey turns back and says, that guy's going home with more than a note. Yeah. <laughs> every time I love it. What is that saying about Phoebe, though? <laughs> I mean, this is going to sound really weird, and it's kind of out of context a little bit, but... I've never really thought about which one of the Friends girls I find the most attractive. Okay. It just never really crossed my mind. I, I, f- I feel like it's, you know, do, do you want hamburger for lunch or do you want a cheeseburger for lunch or a bacon burger for lunch? Like, they're all great. Yeah. So, but I've never really bothered to go like, oh, it would definitely be that one. Yeah. Watching season one of Friends, I'm like, oh my God, Lisa Kudrow's stunning the entire time. Yeah. Like, and I guess maybe my taste have changed as I get an older, I don't know, but she completely eclipses the other two now, whereas watching Friends as a kid, I was like, oh, they're all cute. I think she's the most interesting, just because her style changes quite often, but it, it, it also still follows like a pattern, I guess. Whereas, you know, Rachel and Monica are just very, very nicely dressed up in what they're wearing, whereas Phoebe can, one day she can be very cute, sometimes very hot, and she can just change yeah, not to not to step on David's lines, I guess, but Phoebe's is kind of classic. Oh, Lisa Goodrich is classically attractive, like beautiful. Yeah. She's just her face is always a, her face, no matter what she's dressed in. Whereas sometimes Monica's hair is atrocious, um, and Rachel's well, Rachel's always good looking as well. To be fair, <laughs> <laughs> like Rachel's Rachel's always impeccably styled, isn't she? Even when she's got a fat lip and but she, she's a particular type, I guess. Yeah, she's, whereas, whereas Phoebe can change to the situation. Yeah, I guess Phoebe's alluring, whereas. Rachel's more like America's sweetheart. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so back at Monica's with the, the Christmas tree. <laughs> I can't believe he hasn't kissed you yet. I mean, God, by my sixth date with Paolo, I mean, he had already named both my breasts. <laughs> oh, d- did I just share too much? <laughs> just a smidge. <laughs> David's like, you know, a scientist guy. He's very methodical. I think it's romantic. Me too. Oh. Did you ever see an officer and a gentleman? Oh. Yeah. Yes. Well, he's kind of like the guy I went to see that with. <laughs> <laughs> except, except he's smarter and gentler and sweeter. I just, I just want to be with him all the time. You know, day and night and night and day. And special occasions. So yes, Rachel, you did share too much. She definitely shared too much. I, I do find it weird when people give things names. So like normally like it's a car, you'll give it a female name. I find that really odd. I mean, I guess if I'm going to do a Rachel and overshare, 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is this PG rated? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess it's fine. Uh, we can always cut it out. So if you don't hear what I'm about to say, <laughs> maybe it's in the too hot for the air Patreon special. I don't know. Um, but uh, essentially, my ex girlfriend of mine was very, very obsessed with Africa and South Africa and the whole thing. And was a very big fan of Nelson Mandela. So I jokingly nicknamed her boobs Nelson and Mandela. <laughs> so that whenever we get, she was getting undressed, I'd be like, free Nelson Mandela. <laughs> <laughs> and she used to get really, really annoyed. But I thought it was the funniest thing in the universe. <laughs> so, so I have named breasts before, but they're the only breasts I've ever named. <laughs> yeah, great name. <laughs> great choice. But yes, Rachel was oversharing. I, I, I relate to her quite heavily in that sense. Uh, actually, if you're like 10 episodes in at this point, you probably know I share too much of it. <laughs> yes, we, we know so much about your life already. <laughs> <laughs> what I do like about this is the skillful way that Phoebe kind of pushes the conversation towards her point. Yes. Like, it's a very sweet, you know, oh, look, she's, you know, he's in the honeymoon phase, I guess. She's in a new crush. It's all very exciting. And it's like, special occasions. And just waits for the penny to drop. Uh, so yes, so Phoebe wants to bring David to New Year's, which you're going to want to do, right? It breaks the pact. It breaks the pact. It does, but Chandler has already asked Janice out. <laughs> wait a minute, wait, I see where this is going. You're going to ask him to New Year's, aren't you? You're going to break the pact. She's going to break the pact. No, 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 no. Yeah, could I just... <gasps> <laughs> Yeah, because I already asked Janice. Oh, Come on, this was a pact. This was your pact. I snapped, okay? I couldn't handle the pressure and I snapped. Yeah, but Janice, that, that was like the worst breakup in history. I'm not saying it was a good idea. I'm saying I snapped. You know, Chandler is right. Like, if anyone's going to break the pact, he needs to do it first because he's, I guess, the least successful with the ladies. No, I think if you call for the pact, you're the last person who gets to break oh, the you, pact. You think so? Yeah, I feel like because well, at least you wait for someone else to break it, and then you pretend you haven't broke it already, and then announce that you broke it because uh, they did. Any film I've seen with pacts, so like American Pie or whatever, it's generally the guy who does suggest it is the one at the end left holding the bag, going, "You guys are all like broken it, and here's me like by myself now." I guess, but no, I think in principle, if you, you call for a pact, you should definitely want to attempt to stick to it. But then at the same time, no one's passing up sex. <laughs> no, 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 no. no, just... no. <laughs> but, 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 you know, Janice, so like he's had a terrible breakup and then he's, he's called her. Yeah, but what I find really funny about this is whenever Janice is mentioned as fans, we have a great time. We're like, yes, Janice, like bring Janice back. She's great. We want more Janice. But then in the context of the show... Janice is just terrible, and everyone hates her, and no one wants to be around her, and she's that annoying person you don't want there. No. So I just like the, the kind of conflict, or I guess the difference between us and the characters. We're like, yes, and they're like, oh my god, what are you thinking? <laughs> uh, we then have Joey walking in, dressed as an elf, which is funny. Well, uh, how close is work to his apartment? That's all I kept thinking, was, do you, live, do you work round the corner? It has to be within a block. Well, you know, New York is an interesting place. See some interesting characters. I can imagine him on the subway, fully dressed up, and no one would bat an eyelid. Yeah, it's pretty New York, to be fair. Fair, but I. Uh, and then Marcel uh, has made a mess in the kitchen, and Ross can't leave him alone uh, as they had their first fight that morning. Look, I didn't want to leave him alone. All right, we we had our first fight this morning. <laughs> I think it has to do with my working late. I said some things that I didn't mean, and he threw some feces. You know, if you're going to work late, I can look in on him for you. 
Oh, that'd be great. Okay. But if you do, make sure it seems like you're there to see him, okay? And you're not, like, doing it as a favor to me. Okay, but if he asks, I'm not going to lie. See, this is where I think that Ross has not uh, just got a monkey for companionship. He's replaced Carol. I like, guess the, the emotional weight of Carol is now on Marcel's shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's like, you know, we had our first fight, which is weird. It is weird. I mean... I mean, I've never had anyone throw feces at me. I mean, I've never had a monkey, and that's the thing they do. I've never had any other pets no. do it. Um, I have been to a few monkey parks where, yeah, you, you need to stay away from the bars because they will pee on you or do whatever they want to because it's funny to them. Yeah, monkeys are pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's, it's still weird. Like, he, he's, way, he's in way too deep with this. He, he's not looking at, oh, I've got a dog companionship. It's, he, he's clearly wanting more from this monkey. Yeah, I mean, Chandler obviously mocks him a little bit. Like, you know, if my son lasts, I'm not going to lie. And it's like, <laughs> but I know people that treat their... I'm not said their pets like family, because I would consider pets family. But people who treat their pets with way more, I guess, cognitive ability than their pets have. Um, like those full-blown conversations I'll have with their pets, and their pets can't understand what they're saying. No. Um, and I'm realising I'm probably being a massive hypocrite because I would talk to my pet rats all the time. But it's different when you watch someone else do it. But I'm sure you met someone who you've just recently met and they're like, oh, if my dog or cat likes you, great. If they don't, you yes, know. Yes, that, that happened to me recently. <laughs> if, I, if the dog didn't like me, I would have been out the door, I imagine. But then I always find with animals, like, they can tell. Like, it's not a case of do animals like you, it's do you like them. And if, you, if you're awkward around an animal, they'll notice and they'll yes. be awkward. So I think it's more a case of there's some, every animal probably likes everyone. It's just if you're weird around them, they'll freak out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, what's more weird is that Marcel's in the kitchen. Like, Monica's fairly against Marcel immediately from the, the get-go. She I, can un- I can understand. Like, it's not every day everyone walks around with a monkey. I mean, to me, it's like, cool, you've got a monkey. If you walked into the office right now with a monkey, I'd be like, we've got a monkey. It'd be cool. Um, but if that monkey went in my kitchen, I'd be like, mm-mm. Yeah. Like, so I understand where Monica's annoyed at this instance. Well, well, same with, like, having a cat jump up on the countertop or whatever. Like, you don't want whoever the cat has been. No, like, the food preparation area should be animal-free. Yeah. Or apart from the ones you're going to eat. We're then at David's work where he's explaining to Phoebe uh, what he does. I don't know what he does. Some sciencey sciencey stuff, isn't it? To do with like the universe, particles and particles, yeah, and that, like, yeah, something. I think it remotely relates to relativity, but I'm not sure. I can't remember. That's what I should be saying again. It's not an important part of the episode. To be fair, he's a science guy. That's all we need to know. And I'm not going to say like most women. I'm going to say like probably most people. Uh, she's just kind of bored and just like I just want to kiss you. Like <laughs> this isn't interesting to me because it's your field, not mine. I mean. When we discussed early on in the podcast which characters and friends we relate the most to, I probably should have said David. (laughs) Because he's into nerdy crap that most people don't care about. And he's oblivious to what women want, which basically is me. Um, I've been the guy who's been sat there going, wow, in episode 72 of Spawn, this happened. And blah, 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 I'm really interested in it. And then not notice that the girl is trying to send me signals. And <laughs> She's halfway out the door. <laughs> well, normally, I'm just, I don't notice. Like, I've had girls send me, like, you don't care, do you? And I'm like, what about? <laughs> they just look at me like, hello. And I'm like, oh, you want physical affection. I was talking about this. Yeah, I thought you was interested too in this thing <laughs> you've like, never heard of before. What do you mean you don't care about sport? <laughs> this isn't going to work. <laughs> but yeah, so. I, just, I just found it a bit odd. Like She's waiting for him to kiss her, but they're eating Chinese. And I'm like, oh, I couldn't think of. It's probably like the maybe one of the worst foods to eat and then kiss someone after with. 
Like, I'm, I suppose at this point, Phoebe just, he's, he's been, what, six dates and he hasn't made a move. So she's yeah. just like, just do it. Just get it out of the way. And now he's all nervous, I guess. And Well, yeah, he, he is super awkward. So Hank Zero plays him very well. And, you know, he, he wants to do the, the romantic thing of sweep everything off the table, but <laughs> there's expensive stuff. There. Again, nope, I'm totally with David on this. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not sweeping. If the stuff on my table, it's because I like it. Yeah. I'm not just sweeping it onto the floor. No, I've, I, I think that's a, a real movie thing, isn't it? Like, I've just spent X amount of time building slash painting that. I'm not going to knock it onto the floor. No, let me just carefully put it on the floor and ruin the moment, but, you know. Like, tell you what, I'll get a second table and we can use that table. <laughs> we'll just have an empty table at all times for passionate, <laughs> passionate encounters. <laughs> Where is this podcast going? <laughs> uh, but, you know, they kiss, which is great. You know, it's nice to see Phoebe be happy. I mean, I was more happy it was nice for the science nerd to get a kiss. I was talking about <laughs> David's side. Well... Seeing as you hate the Big Bang Theory, you know, I'm surprised that uh, you're positive about this. I mean, this, you know, David's an actual nerd and we're not making fun of David and it's not at his expense. So, you know, and this is well written, so it definitely differs from the Big Bang Theory. No, I, I, I think you're rooting for him, aren't you? You're not like, ugh, like, he's, he comes across as a nice guy. Yeah, and you're rooting for them both. Like you said, you were happy to see Phoebe, you know, getting what she wanted and I'm happy to see like a dork on TV getting some action. So, <laughs> you know, it's very wholesome and you're like, yes, go, go people who are going to be happy. We then end up at Central Park, where Monica says that she's inviting Fun Bobby, and this is the first Fun Bobby reference. It is. Uh, someone like, they, they all know, know about him. Um, so, I don't, we don't really know too much about Fun Bobby, do we? We know that they dated. Yeah, and it, it's not a great nickname, is it really? Like, fun Bobby. Fun Bobby. <laughs> like, doesn't really tell you much of then he's fun, but then do they consider themselves boring or... To me, it's similar to when Gandalf's coming to town and the lads get really yeah. excited, but in a much less exciting way because he's not called Gandalf. I wonder if he's just like a guy who doesn't always have a lot of time for people because he's just got a lot of friends, I guess. So like when you when Fun Bobby is free to visit you, that's that's a... Well, you've finally got some of Fun Bobby's time. And yeah, 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 yeah. Joey and Rachel are also bringing dates now. Who's Rachel bringing there? Well, who do you think she's bringing Crap weasel. <laughs> <laughs> when we first meet Paolo, I've mentioned my disdain for Paolo before. And then the more he appears, the more I'm disliking him again. As He's in this quite a bit, isn't he? Like, I thought, oh, he's only in it for a couple of episodes. No, he's he's in it for quite a few episodes. Yeah, and I just, I just dislike him heavily. <laughs> and uh, who's Joey bringing? Joey's bringing a single mum from work, <laughs> which is, it's so Joey to pick someone up dressed as an elf yeah like no one else in the world in my mind who would manage to pull while dressed as an elf at a santa's house but yeah. joey joey managed to do it because he's joey i'm sure he's gonna get some special presents out of that sack <laughs> <laughs> you asked me where the podcast is going it's gone here <laughs> uh and then ross is the single one well he's got a monkey he does but doesn't count no Okay, so on our no-date evening, three of you now are going to have dates. Uh, four. Four. Not five. Five. <laughs> Sorry. Paolo's catching an earlier flight. Yeah, and I met this really hot single mom at the store. <laughs> What's an elf to do? Okay, so I'm going to be the only one standing there alone when the ball drops. Oh, come on. We'll, ha we'll have a big party and no one will know who's with her. Hey, you know, this is so not what I needed right now. What's the matter? Oh, it's, it's Marcel. <laughs> he keeps shutting me out, you know? He's walking around all the time, dragging his hands. That's so weird. I had such a blast with him the other night. 
Really? Yeah, we played, we watched TV. That juggling thing is amazing. What, uh... What juggling thing? <laughs> With the balled-up socks? I figured you taught him that. No. You know, it wasn't that big a deal. Um, I mean, just balled-up socks. Ross is so whiny. Yep. I mean, I'd be upset if my monkey juggled for somebody else. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. <laughs> like, I haven't seen the monkey juggle. No. Um, you know, Joey, Joey's saying he's picked up a, a single mum. Enough to do. I mean, fair enough. At least she's single. I mean, this is Joey. Like, yes. she could yeah. be happily married and I don't think that would stop him, so. But yeah, uh, everyone has got dates apart from Ross. I mean, we've been there. We've all been, we've all been like the one single friend in a group. Um, I guess so. And, and I was going to talk about the, the ball dropping, actually. Like, my reference to this is really just from American TV shows like Friends. Yeah. Uh, New Year's in the UK is pretty much just explosions, fireworks everywhere. Yeah, there's, we haven't got like a, I guess, yeah, it's fireworks over the bridge and, you know, Big Ben or, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you'd, you'd watch uh, the helicopter above the skies of London. They, they, Show you the crowd enjoying that. Yeah, but, but which I've never really cared for. I'm like, no, what to do? There's normally like a, a TV show or two that's on, but not necessarily worth watching. No, Jules Holland is normally on. Uh, Jules Holland is a music show. Right? Yes, I'm sure everyone knows who Jules Holland is. He's pretty. Well, well not everyone's from the UK, so I guess essentially yeah, it's like a music cabaret show where there's just random people who Jules Holland is like a famous musician, and he finds lots of up-and-coming, somewhat obscure or legendary artists, and they all perform different tracks to pretend to have a New Year's Eve party. But it's actually filmed in, like, September, and everyone just fakes the countdown. Yeah. Which someone told me, and it ruined the show for me, to be fair. I, I knew it wasn't live, but, you know, having the finding out how the cookie's made kind of ruins it a little bit. Well, that happens later on in Friends with Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve. It does. Which, again, is a reference I don't really know. We're, we're going to have to research that later. I've seen it in other movies, and it's again, it's all New York-centric. You know, the yep. ball comes down, and everyone celebrates New Year's. I just hate New Year's as a holiday, so... Which is kind of weird in America, because, you know, if you're in San Francisco, it's you know, got a few more hours yet. Yeah, I mean, we always see the classic, you know, oh, look, here's what it looked like in Sydney. <laughs> you know, yep. like 11 or 9 hours ago, depending on what it is at the time. And it's like, well, I don't care. I didn't care when it was the millennium. I don't care. Like, it's, I hate New Year's. I'm such an old grump. I'm like, great, a New Year started. I want to go to bed at eight with my tea. Yeah, I'm still as fat as I was last year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not in any better shape, and I'm still doing what I'm doing. Like, I hate New Year's. Uh, then Max walks in, who's David's friend. Yes, there we go. Max, that's his name. Uh, says to David, like, he has to pack his bags. They're going to Minsk. Minsk. Hang on. Minsk. 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 Yeah, uh, as they've got their grant, uh, Phoebe's is Phoebe's shocked. Obviously, uh, I mean, I'm amazed this hasn't came up at any point between David and Phoebe's conversation. I assume after their first kiss, they've spent most of their time kissing. So fair enough. Yep. But I feel like if I was up for a grant that would take me to a different country for three years, I'd probably tell the girl I was dating, or just bring it up casually while we're talking. Yeah, because David clearly is not looking at this as a casual thing. No, he's completely into Phoebe. I, I, I kind of get the impression he's not had a girlfriend for a while. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, is has he had like relationships that didn't work out? Or like, is Phoebe like his dream woman? Is she like the hottest girl he's ever seen? And I mean, he said she was. Yeah. If we take him on his word, maybe you would avoid telling her about Minsk because you don't want to lose her. Maybe. Uh, but Minsk is not in Russia, as they, they say it is. It's, it's not uh, in Russia. It's actually in Belarus. 
It is. I did a bit of research on this bit um, because I knew that Minsk wasn't in Russia, but the ins and outs of why and how is this a deliberate mistake on the part of the French royals or what? And it appears yeah. to just be confusion. Um, so when the show was written, the USSR had basically collapsed and the Republic of Belarus was founded and then that's where Minsk ended up being because yeah. that's where it was. Um, but I to... The stereotype of Americans tend to be they don't pay much attention to any events outside of their <laughs> right. own country. So I guess it would just be that maybe the writers weren't particularly aware. I, I guess you're thinking like the USSR and Russia are the same thing. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Well, that's yeah. pretty much how people see it. Like you say the USSR and people think Russian. Yeah. And then you say the UK or Great Britain and people tend to think England. Yeah. Much to the United States of Wales. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so, I, I, you know, I guess you could forgive it. I mean, it's not a big deal, but again, it's always a nice bit of trivia. No, we, uh, we're all about the trivia here. Uh, so we end up at David's office as Phoebe tries to, you know, she tries to be happy for him, but, but clearly isn't, which is really understandable. Well, yeah, I mean, you don't want to stand in the way of, you know, the person you've now got feelings for as personal happiness, but at the same time, it's going to make you sad. And I assume they've not been dating that long. No, I mean, again, it's TV time, isn't it? You're never quite sure how long's passed since. It's, it's, a, it's, it's going to be a couple of weeks, because they had the pact. Yeah. So they knew, like, and they're, they're decorating the Christmas tree at the time. So it's got to be early December. Yeah, but I mean, I guess time of year, first couple of weeks dating always really exciting. Yes. Because everything's a discovery, everything's new. It's also, oh my God, look, they did this hilarious thing. Then I didn't know they did this. Or the way they sneeze is suddenly adorable for <laughs> yeah. some sickeningly saccharine reason. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, so it's probably, you know, it's pretty intense when you start. It's not until you've been together five years and you start to hate the way they breathe that, <laughs> <laughs> that this stuff starts to, start to settle in. I feel we learn so much about you from these podcasts. <laughs> Every, I mean, it's cliche about hating they can breathe, but, you know, like when, when relationships are new and fresh and exciting, you know, things would be, you know, it would sting more, I guess. Because yes. if you had been together five or six years, Moving to Minsk would have came up at some point. You'd understand your partner's dreams more and potentially you'd relocate as well. But you're not going to relocate for someone that you've only known three weeks. No, because you don't know what's going to happen down the line if you're compatible fully or what. That was my point. Not that I get bored of people after five years. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad we got there in the end. Well, um, David isn't going to go because of Phoebe. Hey. Hi. Hi. What are you doing here? Um, well, Max told me about Minsk, so, you know, congratulations. This is so exciting. Yeah. <laughs> it would be even more exciting if we were going. Oh, you're not going? Oh, why? <laughs> Tell her, David. I don't want to go to Minsk to work with Lifson and Yamaguchi and Flank. Oh, no, 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 no. I want to stay here and make out with my girlfriend. I can see why he's annoyed. I mean, he doesn't have to be such a petty jackass about it but no. yeah i can see what he's annoyed yeah you, well he's clearly jealous and why wouldn't you oh be? yeah i mean <laughs> why wouldn't you be uh i don't know maybe i'm too like open i just be like dude this sucks for multiple reasons one i'm alone and b we're not going to do science <laughs> <laughs> like, i just tell you why i was annoyed but you know he can still go by himself and yeah okay it breaks up the team can he i mean we don't really know the the terms of I the guess pact not. like is he allowed to not the pact rather the the grant is he allowed to go is it a grant been granted to both of them maybe he's not the brains behind this maybe it's all david like david has the the smarts and the knowledge yeah i mean max doesn't look like he's bringing much to the table to fair he looks like he's trying to be stylish <laughs> yeah. um, like he looks how lots of hipsters look now but he looks like it then so i'm just like it's an odd mix he looks very odd Video Death Loop is a podcast where we watch a short video clip on loop until we just can't take it anymore. 
Along the way, we'll try our best to make each other laugh and to hold out longer than the other guy. You can jump in on any episode. No need to worry about continuity. Check out Video Death Loop on the Greenlit Podcast Network with new episodes every Friday. There are a lot of podcasts with comic book reviews and interviews with some of the greatest creators in the industry, but only one will tell you scientifically what the worst comic book of all time is. And the best. We've been ranking comic book stories for six years. We have a list with over a thousand comics on it, and we're adding more every month. More Rocket Ajax on the Greenlit Podcast Network. We then end up at uh, Monica's party, which is filled with loads of people we've never seen before, which is great. Yeah, random acquaintances and strangers that we never see again. <laughs> and if we then get the, the Janice laugh, sort of, I guess a proto laugh. I love this artichoke thing. Oh, don't tell me what's in it. The diet starts tomorrow. <laughs> you remember Janice. <laughs> Vividly. <laughs> So I think this is like going back to the Friends reunion where she was saying that when she's opposite Matthew Perry, she couldn't take him seriously and would just burst out laughing because he's just so funny. And I think this is like her doing that laugh because she can't be in front of him. Yeah, I, mean, I imagine, in, especially in this kind of scene where there's lots of kind of like silent mouthing, there's different things going on in the scene. I imagine Matthew Perry was very, very funny and it'd be really hard to keep a straight face. Like, I'd suck as an extra because we'd start, <laughs> we'd, we'd mutter something or mind something funny and we'd start giggling. I could imagine you just sitting down, crossing your leg and then just staring at them, just going, I'm going to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> just start laughing along with the jokes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's her first time I guess being in a more casual scene. The other the other times we've seen Janice have been quite serious. Well, yeah, she was getting broken up with and hit in the eye. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Sandy enters, who's Joey's date, and she's brought her kids. Which is weird, but she's a single mum. I guess she's got no one else to look after the kids. No, and if someone invites you to a party that's New Year's themed and it's early, maybe you just assume, but that's probably something you should ask about. Yeah, maybe. Well, maybe she wants to spend years with her kids. Why wouldn't she? Like, you know, kids yeah. are important to her. Why should she have to not take her kids? It's a weird thing to do for a first date, that's for sure. Yeah, but, but I... I guess... I, would you consider a New Year's party to be a date date? Like, it's not like he's taking her for dinner. Like, if her kid's rocked up to a restaurant, that would be a little odd. Yeah, I think this is a more casual, hey, I'm going to a party. Do you fancy joining me? And who knows what happens afterwards? Yeah, it's like the preamble. It's like, yeah. well, we'll spend a bit of time casually together to see if, you know, we want to spend time less casually together. Yeah. But it's still strange to bring your kids. But that's basically just ruined Joey's evening. Doesn't ruin her evening, but we'll get Ross and Marcel enter, and Monica mentions Marcel peeing on the coffee table. This is how you greet guests at a party? Let me ask you something. If I showed up here with my new girlfriend, she wouldn't be welcome in your home? I'm thinking your new girlfriend wouldn't urinate on my coffee table. <laughs> he was more embarrassed about that than anyone. Okay? And for him to have the courage to walk back in here like nothing happened. All right, all right. Just keep him away from me. Thank you. Come on, Marcel. What do you say you and I do a little mingling? All right, I'll uh, catch up with you later. The way Ross has humanized, I guess, Marcel. I mean, Marcel needs to be ashamed of himself in this instance, really, for being a terrible wing monkey. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, well, yeah, if, if you saw a guy at a party with a monkey on him, you want to talk to him, don't you? Yeah. I mean, probably more the monkey than Russ. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I'd be straight over towards the monkey. <laughs> yeah. Hello, <laughs> I want to see your monkey. 
he just abandons poor Ross? He does. Who, you know, has got abandonment issues, clearly. I guess so, you know, if you uh, if your wingman was Ross, wouldn't you feel like you're going to have more success being by yourself? I guess. I mean, you never know, there could be some single female monkeys at this party. Marcel doesn't know. No, he doesn't. In his monkey world, he's in a New York apartment. Why wouldn't there be lady monkeys <laughs> no, in the apartment? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. But though, peeing on the coffee table, like, you got to expect that of animals, right? And yeah. I have to wonder if they're, I want to say truth, but I wonder if that happened on set as well. Oh, I'd imagine so. Like, with what Russ said in the reunion about Marcel eating grubs and sticking <laughs> his gross, grubby hands all over his face, I imagine all sorts of things happened. There's always that famous clip in the UK of the, the horse pooping and weeing on Blue Peter, which is like a children's <laughs> entertainment show in the UK. You know, animals are animals. Like, <laughs> what do you want them to do? It, it does make me look at every scene with Marcel differently, though. I'm just like going, oh, how, how troublesome was this scene to do now? See, Marcel's the same monkey, the actual same monkey from the Ace Ventura films. Yep. Who was called Spike okay. in Ace Ventura. So I just see him as him. So even though I, my brain's like, no, Ryan, that's Marcel, I'm like, it's Ace Ventura's monkey. Every time. Uh, we then have Rachel appearing. She's, uh, she's been in a bit of a fight. Wait, where's Paolo? Rome! Jerk missed his flight! Oh, and then your face exploded? <laughs> no! Okay, I was at the airport getting into a cab when this woman. Blonde planet with a pocketbook starts yelling at me. Something about how it was her cab first, and then the next thing I know, she just starts starts pulling me out by my hair. You know, and then I'm blowing my attack whistle thingy, and and then three more cabs show up. So, as I'm going to get into a cab, she tackles me, and I hit my head on the curb and I cut my lip on my whistle. Just her description. <laughs> a woman like a planet, <laughs> planet with a pocketbook. <laughs> I, I could just imagine like a, a like a yellow dress or a, a suit or something that this woman wearing. Yeah, just I mean, sometimes big people don't know their own strength. No, because there's a lot of mass there to you know put behind things in there. So I don't know how aggressive this woman was meant to be. Was she just trying to move Rachel and Rachel flew because she's tiny, or was it you know a full on you know like linebacker smash? Rachel out of the way. Because Rachel is very meek at this point, I guess. Yeah. And, and you know, she says it when she's like, gets her attack whistle out. <laughs> <laughs> nice and effective there, Rachel. And I, I did like the little subtle joke of, you know, three more taxis appeared. And I'm, a, I'm guessing that's because it, normally at airports you have like someone coordinating the taxis. Yeah. And I assume they've just like heard her whistle and fall. Just pulled up. Yeah. I mean, I was like, are there really so few taxis at the airport in New York? Sometimes, like you, you have to queue sometimes for for a taxi, right. e- even with Ubers and that. You you have to wait in the queue for you know, your Uber to arrive. I mean, I'll be honest. When I saw this, I was like, why didn't you just get the SkyTrain? Was that a thing then? I don't know if the SkyTrain existed. I assume so, but because a cab from, I mean, assuming it's JFK, a cab's going to be expensive. It is, but the train is long winded and doesn't really take you to like where they live very easily. No, I suppose it doesn't really, does it? So. I like I I from New York have got um like a not a limousine but like a fancy luxury car before because it's like it's a nice way to enter New York and it's actually not that much more expensive than the taxi. To be fair, I've only ever stayed like midtown area, so I've just got yeah. on the train and then jumped on the tube and then bam, I'm in New York. Yeah, the, the tube. The tube. Yeah, <laughs> the it's the it's the, the tube. The subway, <laughs> not the subway. It's the tube. <laughs> uh, yeah, but Rachel is is pretty banged up, isn't she? She's 
you know. She is like, I mean, unfortunately you can't see her on a podcast, but she looks like she's been in a fight. Yep. Poor Rachel. I like how like, Jerk missed this flight. Like, all of a sudden she's mad at Paolo. Because he's a crap weasel. Yep, yep pretty much. But she, she doesn't realise it yet. No, she doesn't realise it yet. Well, we'll get to that in time. He's a mega crap weasel soon. Yeah, but right now he's just, uh, I guess, a crap weasel who can't catch a plane. It's not hard. Just get to the airport. Especially if you want to see Rachel. Like, you know, I'm, I'm there a day early. <laughs> well, I mean, with what we, what, what we all know about Paolo, I imagine that he may have other plans this New Year's. Yes, he, he may have been, you know, delayed for other reasons. I get the feeling he skipped his flight as opposed to missed his flight. Potentially, yes. Paolo conspiracy theories, here we go. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so, submit yours to the uh, watchingfriends.com website. <laughs> <laughs> Who was Paolo really with? This is where we find out there's some, like, planned crossover with a different series. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Joey's date is flirting with him while the kids watch on, which is a little bit creepy and weird. Just... Inappropriate, I would imagine. Like, I can't. I mean, oh, I say I can't imagine making moves. I can't imagine making moves on a woman. Period. Let alone if kids are there. But it would just be like, well, you don't need to, like. They're just staring. Plus, the kids are weird. Stop staring. Yeah. Like, I mean, they're at an adult party, which is always tough. Like, like I'm sure when you was younger and you was at adult party, you're like, oh, this is boring. I bet Ross go across the street and get some dinosaurs for the kids to play with. Like, I mean, he's got a monkey. They could, he could show them, right? I, yeah, well, yeah, they'd probably, myself probably like the kids more than <laughs> yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was like, why does kids so bored? At least put the telly on. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe we're just good hosts. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Uh, but we're, we're back to our favourite character now. There you are. <laughs> you got away from me. But you found me. Here, Ross, take our picture. Smile, you're on Janice's camera. <laughs> kill, kill me now. <laughs> I, I love this, how, how into Charna she is and how he isn't. Yeah, I mean, you, you get the sense that it was desperation that, you know, invited Janice at his yeah. pie. Um, I also love that they've got little cameras. We do yeah, all yeah, use our phones now. Cameras, yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. just this nice little throwback to the past of like, oh, look, disposable cameras. Wind it on, Janice, wind it on. Well, the, the whole, you know, you're on Janice cam is a candid camera reference, yeah. which was an old TV show. It's quite good, to be fair. Yeah. I've seen episodes. <laughs> uh, I, I just love how over the top she is and just, she doesn't even notice that Chandler clearly doesn't like her. I mean, we've all known someone who's, who's like that, who's overly, you know, affectionate in public. Like, I hate public displays of affection with a fiery passion. Like, if you can tell that I'm dating someone, we're being gross. I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> like, I don't know. There is no line. If you, if, we, if you look at us and know we're more than friends, yeah. then I'm being too affectionate. Okay. It's inappropriate. No one should know. So, so it should look like a business meeting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we shake hands and then she leaves with a briefcase. <laughs> um, I also love how Jenna's like, kill me, kill me now. Yeah. And it's one of the instances in Friends where... Chandler says something really sarcastic and almost horrible, but no one pays attention to what he said. It's almost like the joke said to the audience, not someone else. Like as if the rest of the room don't hear what he said. No, because Janice is either oblivious or obnoxious or both because she doesn't react to him saying "kill me now" at all. No, and she clearly hears him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's having a nice time there. Maybe she's a bit drunk. <laughs> Perhaps, yeah. Uh, Fun Bobby arrives. So it's our first meeting of him. Uh, his grandfather has died two hours ago, but. He turned up anyway uh, because he can't get to see him. I mean, immediately, he's not living up to his name. No. Like, what's the point? Um, um, maybe, maybe you should spend time by yourself at that point. Like, you don't need to go to the party. I know he's like, oh, well, I should come to the party, you know, so I could be around other people. But no, not, not 
that point. Yeah, I mean, not when given that there's how many strangers here that you would, you know, you would just assume he doesn't really know. You get the sense that Fun Bobby's and someone that's here a lot. So you're probably not going to know all the kind of acquaintances of the gang. No. Maybe if it was like, essentially, if we had a Fun Bobby show, maybe go hang without, without with Fun Bobby's friends at a coffee shop so you don't feel alone. Yeah. But going to a random person's party full of random people when you're grieving is just weird. Because he does, he totally kills the party because he's telling everyone about his granddad. Yeah, I mean,. I'm open and sometimes share inappropriate things at parties, but not, oh great, someone's dead, let's all be sad about it in the corner. Yeah, you, you could see everyone's trying to have a good time. You would probably try to keep that more to yourself. Again, I think we're good hosts. Like, yeah. we, we wouldn't kill the party. And <laughs> no. If we were a guest, we wouldn't bring up sad, depressing news things to talk about while at a party. Uh, but Chandler's had enough of Janice already, uh, so upsets Janice again. Because why wouldn't he? Just poor Janice. I feel like Chandler, when he's not around Janice, he's like, oh, actually, she's not that bad. Like, we had some fun times. And then he meets his, oh, God, it's all coming back to me. The repressed memories. We all know people, whether you've dated them or not, or they're like old friends or acquaintances that you think are great to be around and you see them and then you remember why you don't see them <laughs> yes. that often. You're just like, oh, God, they're here. Oh, my God, this is a nightmare. Get me out of here right now. Like, it's only been an hour and it feels like I've been with them all day. Yeah. Uh, David and Max are there. Uh, Max calls Phoebe Yoko. Which I love. Great yeah. reference. Can't go on with some Beatles. But has decided to, to go to Minx without him. Uh, but, you know, Phoebe then does... I wouldn't say the right thing, but, you know, she leads David away into the bedroom and tells him he's got to go to Minx. And she tells him how they're going to have the argument because David clearly has never done this before. It's so sweet. It, it's yeah. probably one of the sweetest things you ever see Phoebe do. No, I'm not going to Minsk. Oh, you are so going to Minsk. <laughs> You belong in Minsk. You can't stay here just because of me. Yes, I can. Because if I go, it means I have to break up with you, and I can't break up with you. Oh, yes, 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 you can. Just say, um, Phoebe, I love you, but my work is my life, and that's what I have to do right now. And I say, your work? Your work? How can you say that? (laughs) And then you say, um, it's tearing me apart, but I have no choice. Can't you understand that? And I say... No! No! I can't understand that! Uh, ow. Oh, sorry. Um, and then, and then you put your arms around me. This is super sweet. It is. It's just... It's just nice. It's just, it's, if you don't like Phoebe yet, this would definitely make you love Phoebe. Oh, definitely, yeah. Like, it's, it's nice because, you know, David clearly doesn't know how to handle this or deal with this. And the way she tells it is, is in a nice way. But, like, she, she tries to put some fun in there of, like... You know, I have an argument with you, but... Yeah, I think this, this is how Phoebe imagines the conversation going, but then David was, would never give up Phoebe to go to Minsk. I think he'd, he'd regret it, and it wouldn't be good for their future. Um, but I, I very much get the sense that if Phoebe hadn't done this, he would never have gone. No, he would never have gone. And that would have been interesting to see how that would have worked out, because a lot of people love Paul Rudd. I think Phoebe should have got with David. Me too. Um... If you'd have asked me before I rewatched this episode, I may have been more 50-50 on it. Right. I'm, not, I'm a big Paul Rudd fan. Not necessarily a big fan of Paul Rudd in Friends. Uh, no, I, 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 think, I think David is her lobster, basically. Like they, he's weird, she's weird. Like Paul Rudd has to like almost try to convince her they should be together. Like the, These two just feel more natural. Like They would just get on... They've they've all together basically. Yeah, Phoebe and David make me go ah. Whereas her and Mike, I'm kind of like oh, they're a couple. Just... Yeah, 
I guess it, it could just be the way Paul Rudd is quite cold. I think in general, like his, his humor is quite distant, and the way he plays Mike is quite like almost a bit like Chandlery. He's a bit sarcastic and yeah. he makes a bit of comments. Whereas David just seems sweet. So having sweet Phoebe and sweet David works really well, and there's all these hallmarky, cute, adorable moments I can imagine happening. And then Mike's Mike. He's not a bad guy. He's just not David. No, and and David's a bit naive, and you could imagine him just going along with things just because he's like, oh. That's what people do, I guess. Yeah, I can imagine David in Central Park with a tambourine while Phoebe sings songs about her mum being dead in the kitchen again. And you know, <laughs> him, him being sweet and joining in or learning an instrument so he can be a part of it. And then Phoebe and Ross having conversations because David's taught her thing about science. And I'm just daydreaming now. I'm fantasizing about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, I wish we had more David than what we actually got. And it, it, it never ends the way I wanted it to. But, you know... This is nice. I mean, it's it's nice that obviously spoilers for the future that David does pop up again, a couple of times, yeah. Um, but yeah, now I'm like, why didn't like no? Why wasn't that wasn't that a question for the union? Why didn't Dave and Phoebe end up together? It's what we wanted. Yeah, I wish there was even if she didn't end up with him forever, there was just a bit more time. Maybe later on where they do spend time together, and then maybe he realizes, oh, actually, I've grown over the years. Yeah, and you're not not quite right for me. I'd be intrigued by the producers and writers' logic for it. Like, I'd really like, if I was getting some backstage knowledge right now, I guess that's what I'd want. I'd want to know why was it? Was it because you wanted, like, the on again, off again, happy story relationship to be Rachel and Ross? Um, was Happily Ever After only really meant for Monica and Chandler in the more traditional sense? I, I kind of feel it's the, they didn't want any characters tied down because we've gone through 10 episodes now and all of them have had, like, at least 10 dates with, with different people by this point. Yeah, I guess. Apart, apart from Ross. Yeah, maybe Chandler. Uh, I'm guessing they just didn't want kind of anything too serious and a, and a seventh character entering too long. Yeah, I guess David popped up too soon. Like if maybe. David popped up season six, maybe it would have been all right. Perhaps, yeah. We then uh, see Dick Clark at the New Year special and Chandler actually tells his peacock story to a woman, uh, which is something that was brought up in... Was it the... F- First episode? It's, it's one of the, the first couple episodes. Yeah, he, men- he mentions a peacock story, but doesn't tell us what it is. And so we actually hear a bit more about that. Yeah. Uh, and then he's like, please kiss me. Which, you know, one piece of advice to anyone out there, if you have to ask to be kissed, I didn't want to kiss you. Yeah, I mean, I guess from my point, you'd have to tell me to kiss you because I probably wouldn't realise you wanted me to. So don't ask, just tell me. Yeah, because yeah. I probably want to kiss you, but I'm so busy talking about the weird cloud that looks like a duck <laughs> that I haven't noticed yet. Uh, they watched the ball drop and everyone's dates ended up being terrible. Uh, but, you know, Chandler suggests there's three girls there and three guys. So, you know, that could work out. And then the peacock bit me. <laughs> Please kiss me at midnight. <laughs> You seen Sandy? Ooh, uh, I don't know how to tell you this, but uh, she's in Monica's bedroom getting it on with Max, that scientist geek. Oh, look at that. I didn't know how to tell you. <laughs> Everybody, the ball is dropping. What? The ball is dropping. In 20 seconds, it'll be midnight. And the moment of joy is upon us. Looks like that no date pack thing worked out. Everybody looks so happy. I hate that. Not everybody's happy. Hey, Bobby. 
You know, I uh, just thought I'd throw this out here. I'm no math whiz, but I do believe there are three girls and three guys right here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, Chan, you know, Chan is on point. Apart from, you know, Monica can't kiss Ross because that's weird. I mean, his maths isn't wrong. It's weird. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine being in a room with my female friends at Christmas or New Year's and being like, let's just randomly kiss for reasons. I mean, you know, it can be like a kiss on the cheek. It doesn't have to be full on on the lips, which is what they seem to be going for. Yeah, but if it's not going to be a significant kiss, who gives a crap if it's happening <laughs> or not? You know what I mean? I guess like, so. <laughs> like, what, what's the significance of maybe it's an American thing? I don't know. But to me, it's like, well, it's still New Year whether you get kissed or not. But, you know, Chandler does get kissed because Joey comes in. <laughs> Joey steps up. He does. Uh, and that also means that this is the first time uh, we've seen a feature uh, of a, a same-sex couple kissing uh, in Friends. Does that count, though? Like, well... Because it's not, it's not a romantic kiss, is it? It's... No, but it's, it's a kiss on the lips, isn't it? I, I imagine if you're that way inclined, you'd be upset by it anyway. Yes. Um, but... If you're not an idiot, I mean, no one's going to see that and be like, oh my God, romance. No, like you're not shipping Joey and Chandler going, yes, they're the, the secret gay couple. I mean, someone probably is. I mean, <laughs> there are people that yes. ship Bucky and Captain America, so, and that's inappropriate. So, you know, this is probably happening somewhere. There's a dark corner of the Friends internet full <laughs> of, like, fan art that's just, <laughs> no one wants to go there. No. But, uh, no, it, I mean, it, it's, I guess it's a, a bit of trivia, but to me it's just like, it, there are better things in the show to celebrate. Like, you know, like Carol and Susan as opposed yeah, to... Yeah, to, to me, it's nothing. It's yeah, it's whatever, right? I mean, I'd probably kiss one of you guys to shut you up if you're moaning <laughs> enough, to be fair. <laughs> uh, you know, Ross is a bit sad about Marcel not liking him, and I get that, you know. I'm sure we've all had pets where you're like, I feed you, I clothe you, I love you, but you don't, you know. Yep, I had a hamster. All the pets, my family pets bit me first. Yes, yeah. So I'll rub it. When I took him out of the box when we got him the first day, clawed me to hell. I literally mean like to hell, like I've been in front of Wolverine. It was ridiculous. <laughs> uh, the cat used to attack me all the time, but only because I would annoy it when it was a kitten and play a bit, but no one else did. So by the time I got older, I was the only member of the family I actually liked. Hamster bit me first and was literally hanging off my thumb. <laughs> um, the dog. Well, the dog didn't really bite me, but it's a dog, so... They... It'd be like, I'm giving you food here and, you know, I've given you shelter like... Like me. I don't mind if animals scratch me, to be fair. I'm, it's my fault for playing with them. My friend's just bought got a German Shepherd puppy. You know, go on a bit of a tangent here. And uh, she bit me about 500 times while I was at his house the other day. And at one point, as I stood up, she was like, foot, and just clamped on like, the top and bottom of my foot mid-step, which was very painful, but hilariously funny, because, I, I mean, it's my fault I wound her up. <laughs> animals are great. They're fun to play with. Uh, but, you know, Ross says it's hard to accept that thank you love so much doesn't love you back. And it's clearly aimed at Rachel, who's sitting next to him on the couch after the party. Yeah, the subtext is rapidly becoming text. Yep. Uh, but, you know, her reply leaves Ross a bit exasperated. I mean, again, I'm still annoyed at Ross. We're 10 episodes in now, and I'm like, dude, just ask her out already. Yep. I don't care, that's just with Paolo. Just, you know, make a move. And that's our episode, I guess. Well, maybe don't make a move when she's got a cut lip. But you know what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Not, not now, Ross, but no. you know, you've had plenty of time. Well, yeah, it's, it's been quite a few months at this point, hasn't it? I mean, now Paolo's in the, like, in the doghouse. It's a, you know, now's the time. Yep. Strike and, while the... Uh, and he's not in the same continent, yeah. so go, go go for it, right? Strike while the Italian's away. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I quite like this episode. You know, Marcel, as I said earlier, is, is very weird, but for some reason it just fits into Friends. 
I guess. I mean, like, so we've, we've all seen the episode so many times now that it doesn't feel as weird as it may have originally. Maybe when we no. watched this episode back in the day, we'd have been like, well, the hell is there a monkey there? Whereas now it's Marcel. I think it's a very 90s thing, definitely. So I, I don't think it would have stood out all that much. I mean, I can't think of any other shows where they've got, like, novelty pets that jump out at me. Marcel's probably the novelty pet. No, but there's, there's always, like, a weird cousin that comes for a little bit, like a, a bit like a poochie. Sort of, sort of, sort of thing, right? Where they're like, "Hey, look, it's that uncle you've never met before." You can't compare Poochie to Marcel. That's so mean. Oh, you can't. But like, that's that's what a lot of '90s shows did, where they would introduce a character to, to spice up the ratings a bit. I get that. When you mentioned Uncle, it reminded me of uh, Uncle Marvel from the DC Comics, right. which always makes me chuckle. So you've got the Shazam family, who have all have powers, but there was Uncle Marvel who didn't have any powers. So when like Mary Marvel and everyone else would be like Shazam and get their powers, Uncle Marvel wanted to help, so he'd run off to a bush and get changed into his Marvel costume and then run back out, and everyone would just pretend the lightning hit <laughs> okay. him, and he was just like this dopey <laughs> idiot. But he went to the joining, and uh, yeah, <laughs> it's always you ever say dopey Uncle? That's where my brain goes, Uncle Marvel. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, you know, before we, we come to an end of this episode, let's fill you in with some facts. Ooh. So along with uh, the one with two parts, part one, Lisa Kudrow received her first Emmy nomination for this episode. I mean, I'm not against Lisa Kudrow getting nominated. I don't know what part of this episode particularly would have stood out to give her an Emmy for. I was going to say definitely the David stuff, uh, especially the, the argument that she created for them both. I guess. I mean, I kind of feel like that's more the script than Lisa Kudrow, to be honest. I don't... I, I guess. feel like her performance was particularly, you know, excellent. It wasn't mad, but it didn't stand out for an Emmy. I, I guess I don't really know what what deserves an Emmy. I mean, no one cares. Well, the Simpsons don't care. No, they don't the care, Simpsons no. always mark an Emmys, yeah. but probably because I've got about six hundred of them, so <laughs> you might not care. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's actually an easy thing to get. Like, just just be good, and yeah, then just, you're okay. They, I mean, they've got to give someone the award every year, and I bet there are some years where it's like amazing, and you're like, oh my god, who's going to win this amazing award for this amazing performance? And some years, just like, oh my god, they all, they all kind of suck. So we already mentioned this is the first appearance of Fun Bobby and David, and uh, Vincent Ventresca, who plays Fun Bobby, is also Romy, uh, is also in Romy and Michael's high school reunion, which I don't even know what that is, but that starred Lisa Kudrow. So there's our friends reference. Yeah, we, there. we got you in there, like seven <laughs> degrees of separation, just. Uh, yeah, we're going to have a lot of this where it's like, you know, these two people played together before Friends. So that's going to be quite I mean, interesting. It, it's cool. To, I mean, I wonder how well they got on set. Like, were they pals? And then when he rocked up to the Friends set, she was like, oh, my God, you're here. Or was he just like, oh, yeah, we were in that thing together. Cool. Yeah, I, I assume probably the latter, right? You never Cause, know. Because it's just a job. You you do your scenes and then like, goodbye. Well, we've discussed this before where people tend to view people who do creative things for a job as they have to love it. Um, I think we briefly touched on it during the reunion episode where Joey or Matt LeBlanc clearly loves every episode of Friends where you get the idea that some of the cast saw it slightly more as a job, a job they loved, yeah. but definitely just a job. I definitely would love that money. I'd love to, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, I've had jobs before where people are like, oh my God, that must have been amazing. And I just like, I paid my bills. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, if you, if you work for a famous brand especially, people are like, oh my God, you get, that must be amazing. It's like, no, no, that was just like a retail job for that company. Yeah. So I feel like when we talk about crap retail jobs, most of our listeners have worked out who we're talking about by now. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, there, there, there could be any place. Like you know, especially if you uh, you know if you work, especially in a creative industry. So whether that's like film or video games or whatever, like people, go, oh, it's amazing. You must like get to watch so many films. Like I'm sure the the Friends actors got like, oh, you must get to like be on watch so many TV shows. Like no, like I'm literally filming the show. I don't have time for watching TV. 
Yeah, I think a lot of dream jobs are a lot more work than people assume. Yeah. Like, I mean, the Euros are on at the minute, um, and people go, oh, footballers don't do anything. They run about for 90 minutes a week. And I'm like, oh, yeah, never mind the continual upkeep of their physique they've got to do, all the training, all the fitness. You know, like, it's a much harder job than kicking a ball for 90 yeah. minutes. And acting is going to be, what, 14-hour days as you do the same scene 15 times because the lighting was wrong or a sound was off or the director didn't like your delivery. Or you, you say you work at Wembley Stadium and like, you must have seen so many football matches. Like, no, no, I'm the cleaner. Like, I don't see any. So I'm inside. Like, just because of where you work doesn't mean you joy. No, I mean, I briefly worked at Villa Park. And I mean, not that I'd call what goes on there football, but, <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, like, you know, I didn't see the first half because I was working. Oh, yeah, exactly. So, but, you know, I quite like this episode. Like, seeing David is great. Yep. Uh, Marcel. Fun and interesting. Janice. I mean, Janice is al- great. Always give me Janice. Even when we don't like Janice, I like Janice. But I think, you know, you said this off air. Like, you see the title, the one with the monkey, and your immediate thought is, oh, it's the, it's the one with the monkey. That can't be that great, right? And then you're watching, like, actually, no, this is up there. Yeah, it's like we were saying before we started recording that I think a lot of the episodes, their names don't, at least to my memory, don't tell me anything about the episode a lot of the times. No. Um, whereas when I then watch the episode, I'm like, oh, wait, you know, they should have called this the one with David because then I'd have been like, oh, yes, straight away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think that brings our episode to an end as well. So why don't we do our little socials? Do you want to go first? Well, you can find me here at Watching Friends Podcast, obviously. You can find us on Twitter at Watch Friends Pod. Yep. Uh, what's our website? Our website is watchingfriends.com. I knew that. I was just seeing if you yeah, knew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the socials are Watch Friends Pod. Uh, you know, send us some messages. We want to read out your thoughts on this episode. Yeah, even if it's mocking me for not remembering <laughs> yes. what our Twitter handle is. Or, or figuring out, you know, where Ryan lives and what sort of women Ryan is into because we know so much about him right now. <laughs> That's what we're going to get. We're going to get tweets now that are, we know so much about Ryan. Shut up. Mark, tell us more about your life. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd rather leave that to you. There'll be, there'll be a whole Twitter poll now of like the top three questions Mark needs to answer. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah, based on some of the stuff you come out with, I don't know if I want to answer those. <laughs> sort of like, what's your favourite food? <laughs> no, we'll, we'll go there. A get to know Mark episode. How, how do you treat people? Do you get rid of them after five years? <laughs> uh, you can also find me here at uh, Watching Friends, all that stuff. And you can find me at fuzzballs.co where I draw little cute animals and put them on T-shirts and stuff. Uh, I'm doing a Kickstarter right now, but that's going to be pointless because by the time you hear this episode, it'll be finished. But there might be another one. so you Not know. finished, Mark. Successfully backed. Successfully backed, be. yes. Yeah. So, you know, just just have a look at social medias. You might find something interesting uh, randomly appear. Uh, but I think that's us for now. We're going to do episode 11 next week. So we're here every Friday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Google Podcasts and all the places. All the best places. Yep. Make sure you subscribe. Do contact us because you know I'd like to read out some of your comments and thoughts on our show. Tell us, tell us if you even like the show or don't like it. That's a big. That's a Pandora's box of internet, yeah, yeah, internet yeah. comments <laughs> to open. But yeah, I mean, you know, feedback's always welcome. So yeah, until next time. Bye. Cheerio.